0: Blog Talk Radio. Hello everyone, this is Jeff Cross, former defensive end of Miami Dolphins, and you're with the Gridiron Guys. have over Bethlehem the I think it And left uh, And real uh, 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 yeah, No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not in Buffalo, nor would you see me there right now. Uh, I am in Florida, as you all know, but that is a tribute to all the Buffalo Bills fans out there, and uh, actually, we might have one on the line waiting to get on, and uh, I was reporting live from the helicopter, and uh, flew back, now I'm in Florida again. Beautiful night. Absolutely gorgeous night out tonight. It's 83 degrees. Sunny as sunny can be. Clear night. And uh, I hope it's just as beautiful wherever you are. I, uh, I'll tell you, Buffalo getting beat up bad. It's uh, Like I said, I've mentioned this already before on uh, not just this show, but also the Fantasy Justice Show on Saturday nights. I mentioned that they just look like the team that's getting snake bit. Early And usually when it starts early, it goes all season. Uh, Can't wait to get good old Tate's opinion on his team as we bring him in. We're going to be bringing in JT in a little bit. We've got, what a show. We're going to have JT first talking about hard knocks. Then we're going to talk about, I just got done. I visited another camp in my continuing uh, series now, part two, of the uh, three-part series, the Florida camps and the NFL. Just got done, went to Miami's camp, going to talk a little bit about what I saw, what I came away with uh, from the camp and how it actually compared to Jacksonville. Then also uh, we've got fantasy wide receivers, going to talk about that tonight. And then lastly, as we get ready for the games and you know we have this time picked out specially for the football games for the thursday night games during the season so that we wrap up give you plenty of time just before kick up kick off and go get what you need whether it's food drink whatever go hit the bathroom get yourself set up and get yourself comfy and ready for some great football on thursday nights so tonight what we're going to do is we're going to take one of the games that are in progress and uh Uh, Tonight is going to be the Chicago Bears uh, versus New England game. And we're going to go ahead and this is going to be, you know, uh, it's our test run. It's our practice run at it of how we're going to go ahead and do these things, how we're going to do the show for the season so that we can bring you the best coverage all year long, bring you the stats, what you need, everything that you need, so that you know what to prepare for for that game should you sit them, should you sort them, What are you going to do for your fantasy players for that game? Or just for the regular casual fan, what you can expect from this game and what to look for. You know, the different breakdowns that you're going to get either from myself or JT or somebody like Tate. You know, you're going to have three heavy hitters in the fantasy world give you a breakdown of what they see and why they see it. You're going to want to listen to it. I mean, you're just really going to want to listen to it. And it's going to help your fantasy game, folks. You know, before I go any further, and I I really can't, I'm not allowed to go any further, big old stop sign, do not pass this point without your co-host. Where would I be? My encyclopedia of sports, folks, Jason Townsend. JT, how are you tonight, sir?
1: Doing great. Uh, We got some Thursday night games tonight. We're talking football. A couple nice big fantasy drafts coming up this weekend. So, fun time right now, enjoying it.
0: Yeah, um, it's a good time as long as you're not in Buffalo. And uh, and it's even better if you're not trying to make like you're reporting live from a helicopter, I guess. But, uh,
1: right, right. You know, and it, what's funny is I think if if you haven't seen this picture, I'll have to send it to you, but somebody posted a tandem bicycle with Rob and Rex Ryan riding it over the Niagara Falls uh, the other night. Uh, you know, I thought that was pretty pretty apropos of the Buffalo Bills off season at this point.
0: Man, I'll tell you, I, I you, if if I really had half a heart, I would be upset for them. But I don't, and uh, I have no pity on any team because it could be mine at any minute, so don't expect me to cry well, your for kicker anybody. got
1: your kicker got
0: suspended.
1: I mean, come on. let's
0: You know, we can't leave that out. How do you get For and for a game. Now, why is the kicker getting suspended for a game? Could somebody please? And I still can't find out why. It's like this closely guarded secret.
1: Well, supposedly it has stemming from a 2015 uh, domestic violence arrest in which no charges were filed. And yet again, uh, Roger Goodell sticking his um, rather uh, vulvous nose in places that it doesn't belong
2: so
0: I I I don't understand if it's not affecting the sport, what happens in somebody's personal life shouldn't affect any job. Period, any job. You
1: let the police handle that. You let the police handle that. I mean, this guy not only is this guy a commissioner, but he's judge, jury, police officer, constable. Uh, you know, you name it. Uh, you know, he thinks he is it. So
0: you let the police handle it, and you know what? You let the court of public opinion take it as well. You don't need to Mm -hmm. stick your nose in it. You know what? The last time I noticed, okay, Ray Rice can't get a job simply because of what the public will think of the team that he goes to. Right. Right. Now, were were his skills fading? Yes. But could he have gotten a look? Or should he have gotten a look? Probably. Had he not been... Yeah. But, court of public opinion says, the team won't be popular. That takes him so that's it, and that's what you really need these days. But the law handle it. But the court of public opinion, if the fan isn't, if the fan isn't insulted by the action, what do you care? What do you care? It's so not going right. to hurt your bottom line then. And that's all he it's needs not. to be worried about is his bottom line. But anyway, let's bring in. Uh, let's bring in part of. You think he, maybe he's injured tonight? Let's see if he's uh, feeling up, up to snuff. Hey, how are you, sir?
3: You're not injured, are you?
0: You're not you're, you're not questionable think, for the next week.
3: I think I just pulled a hamstring on the way in, but I'll have to check and get that looked at.
0: All right, all right. You know, and just to uh, well, you want to play it safe. And uh, JT, what do you think? Maybe we should just let him go now to the doctor. I don't want to. I don't want to hold him up. Well, yeah.
1: I mean, you know, we want to make sure we don't, you know further that injury you know I mean how the Bulls might be calling on you to play this year so
0: tell <laughs> you got a couple of games in here you? maybe your team can use you <laughs> we'll,
3: we'll see how that goes if they give me a call I'll have to go up there and try out but we'll, we'll, we'll wait for the call I won't hold my breath though but you'd be willing to go if they called would you go if the Buffalo Bills called me today tomorrow next week I'd yeah. go but
0: like right. I said, I'm not
3: well,
0: holding my breath. So. Well, hey, listen, you never stranger things that happen. So folks, listen, if you've got a connection in Buffalo, there's a guy willing to play for your team that's not injured. See, you gotta you gotta figure that's gotta be a short list between oh, guys yeah. not being oh. injured and guys that actually want to go play for Buffalo. So you gotta they might actually there, jump at that, guy. Tate. Yeah. Don't be oh, surprised oh, if you get a call. All right, I well, think we look, enough like product. I said,
3: I'll look forward to it, but I'm not holding my breath
0: all right, all right, boy, I'd love to i uh, I could get a friend of mine just to call you and prank you. Hey, you know, uh, we were listening to the show the other night <laughs> remind
1: remind me of that scene uh, from Major League where they called Jake Taylor and he's drunk hungover in a hotel in Mexico. He's like, at least you could have said you were from the Yankees if you were gonna pull that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So that's good. That's good. No, Hey, listen, let's go ahead. We've got a great show. Let's give it to everybody tonight. We've got hard knocks JT. What's the latest on that show? Tell give us all the inside you know, info of what you've been watching. You
1: know, last night was, uh, the first episode was good. It, it had, you know, had its funny moments last night. Uh, it had me going, you know, when I watched it, I got a chance to see it last evening. Fantastic. Uh, one of the guys that was, uh, featured in this is a uh, 31-year-old defensive end journeyman, William Haynes. Uh, okay. You know, let's just say this guy is a different person. Jeff Fisher talks about, Hey, I've had this guy in Tennessee. I've got him in, you know, had him in St. Louis and, and he was all excited that we're moving to Los Angeles because he might actually get a chance to see a mermaid. You know, they're going to be living <laughs> next to the ocean and he might get to see a mermaid. So, they went back and forth with him and several other players during the show about, you know, mermaids versus dinosaurs. And he had some great quotes, Uh, one being, quote, I just think it's some BS to be completely honest with you. I just can't fathom a T-Rex walking around here, something man ain't never seen, unquote. So apparently man (laughs) has seen a mermaid
0: somewhere. And they're walking around regularly, yeah.
1: Yes, Uh, Somebody seen Splash one too many times as a kid, Um, but the best part of this whole thing, as he argues with every player in the locker room about this, um, is at the end we find out, again, if you listen to William Haynes, dinosaurs are a government conspiracy. Oh, wow. Really? So, very colorful character. They had quite a few spots with him on the show. Uh, fantastic.
0: I will move interested. on to... I, hold on, no, oh, no, 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 listen. We can't move on from that for a second. Um, <laughs> I have to get that man on the show. We have oh, to absolutely. find a way. Mark this down, somebody, please, and make sure that we get this man on the show, because I just have a simple question as to why... The government needs the conspiracy uh, of dinosaurs. What is the...
1: I don't recall there being any governments when dinosaurs were around either. So, you know, he he's an interesting guy. He really is. Uh, I'm going to enjoy uh, the next few episodes with him around. It looks like he'll be a regular. We got to talk about, though, Jared Goff, okay? Okay. Marked improvement, by the way. You watch him last week on the first episode versus the balls he's throwing now. Ooh, you know, you're you're starting to see that first-pick talent uh, from this guy. Greg Williams, uh, you know, defensive coordinator, famous for Bounty Gate, um, he was quite impressed with him several times throughout the show commenting on this guy. But he was asked a question, simple question, Bieber or Timberlake? And his <laughs> response was, I'm going to go Bieber because he's closer to my age. So we,
2: wow. we had some
1: uh, – <laughs> Yes, he was going to go Bieber because he's closer to his age. Old Justin Timberlake not getting any respect whatsoever uh, in that fight. So
0: Timberlake, the old idea. man.
1: Yeah, you know, and it, it, the best part is, you know, it just gives you some insight to how young this guy really is, you know, just getting ready to do something that not too many people get a chance to do, uh, which is something that Fisher pointed out to the team in the team meeting uh, during this episode to basically say, hey, you, know, you guys are getting to do something that very few people get a chance to do, which leads me to the next part. He said, listen, we're on the UC Irvine campus, 3.1 miles from end to end. I understand you guys have your Segways, your bicycles, your golf carts. Be safe. Don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt anybody. <laughs> so Kenny Britt and Brian Quick. Two of the guys that are considered, uh, you know, top receivers on that team. Kenny Britt has a mini dune buggy. (laughs) Well, Hard Knocks decided to mount a camera on the front, I guess you want to say handlebar of that, that's facing these two guys, and Kenny Britt flashes into Jimmy Johnson. Okay, this guy is rip-tearing around, driving as fast as he can, and he rolls it. It was bad. He rolled it pretty good, uh, you know, and the camera's right there, so you're in crash can. You get to see the whole thing. The most fantastic part of this is the next day in the meeting, Yeah, you know, Jeff Fisher gets a chance to see all this HBO footage, just part of the agreement. Great. Uh, yeah, next day in the meeting, all he does is walk out and start the meeting and go, okay, dumb and dumber, stand up. And this, <laughs> both of those two stood right up. <laughs> they both stood right up in a, Yeah, he, he he had some fun with those guys
0: um, and, uh, You know Guess what I, I got a little news on that one for you too We've got to check into something Another note folks Here somebody make another note We've got to talk to Joey Cage uh, About this Joey Cage and Kenny Britt have uh socialized together on an occasion or two oh, while Kenny oh, yes. while Kenny was up in New Jersey. Okay. So
1: oh, somebody yeah. make
0: a note, talk to Joey Cage about that, please. We've got to talk to Mr Britt. Next. Who's next from the well, show? Can we get? Or should last, we get the
1: last thing I gotta throw out there, I learned a new uh three letter phrase, okay, or acronym. It's yeah. NAF. And um, Jeff Fisher repeatedly blurts this out in the direction of uh, a lot of his defensive players doing drills, and he'll just yell out, NAF. Well, Hmm. that stands for non-athletic colorful metaphor. You fill in that F-bomb, if you will. Um, Yeah, several people are NAFs. Yes, several people are NAFs uh, uh, apparently on this team, And, and he just throws it out there. Uh, one guy in particular, undrafted defensive back Brian Randolph from the University of Tennessee. Uh, he was—he's a hard hitter, but the guy's stiff, you know, stiff in the hips. They gave him a lot of a lot of those phrases. They uh, showed a clip of him last year at the University of Tennessee. Absolutely light up his new St. Louis Rams, Los Angeles Rams teammate, Farrow Cooper. Mm -hmm. Uh, a hit that actually got him kicked out of the game last year. It was all over ESPN, big hit, and uh, now they're teammates. So there was quite a bit of bantering going back and forth of that uh, between him and Farrah Cooper, basically him saying, you know, you can't hit the pretty boys. You know, you get a flag for that. So, eh, you know, a little bit of uh, nice. bad yeah. yeah. So great show, though, a lot of good stuff on there, Uh, a lot of good information last night. The one thing I take away from that, though, if we're talking purely from the fantasy or NFL side of it, yeah. golf. Golf looks good. That boy can throw the football.
0: Uh, being able to throw the football and having the guys catch it are two different things, what are the receivers looking like, though? Uh, Cooper
1: dropped quite a few balls. They have this kid, uh, Brian Spruce, that uh, – Basically, if you watched any of the Dallas game, and I know Tate did, being a big Dallas fan last week, that he made sure he watched every bit of that Cowboys-Rams game. Uh, this guy lit up the second half. The guy catches every ball. He reminds me of a bigger version of Wes Welker. This guy can really catch the football. Um, Tavon Austin I don't think you have to worry about. Britt looks good. But outside of that, Cooper's sliding on my list. The guy drops a lot of balls.
0: Hey, when you look at that team uh, and, and you take a look at Goff and everything, what do you see in as far as uh, first-year numbers from him? Do you, have, do you have any early projections yet for him?
3: Um, I haven't really done the projections myself yet. I think it's still kind of up in the air. I'm still looking for more from him in the preseason here to see what he does, how he handles situations in the preseason games that he gets to play in. I'm I'm thinking he'll probably hit. I'm guessing around 3,000 to 3,500 yards, probably in the 32, 3300 range, and I would think probably about 20, 25 touchdowns.
0: Yeah, uh, you think his uh, touchdown to interception ratio is about even, one to one? Do you see like a 20 and 20, or you think he he has um, better ball ball skills, or
3: I can see just because of uh, being a first year. Guy. When you look back at a guy like Peyton Manning it, it takes time to learn learn the league even Peyton Manning had more interceptions in his rookie year than than most people um but uh i think i think he'll wind up probably similar amount of interceptions probably the 20 to 25 range of interceptions as well just it's all part of the learning process though as a rookie in the NFL picking up the speed of the game compared to the college college game and learn it, getting that rapport with your receivers at the same time.
0: So not really a guy you're looking for in a redraft league, but you are taking him in a dynasty keeper league.
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, in a, in a, a redraft league, I think he may serve as a serviceable backup, um, as a, as a late round flyer pick or something like that, but not somebody you're going to draft as you're going into day one starter, Even though he probably will end up winning the starting job in LA, you're not going to look at him as your starter for your fantasy team, but a serviceable backup. But a dynasty league where you've got time to play with him, and you're looking not for this year, you're looking for a couple years down the road. Definitely worth taking a shot at with one of those higher picks up there.
0: Okay, all right. real quick
3: thought. Quick thought. the biggest thing with rookie quarterbacks
1: I always hear is their footwork. They have, Their footwork is terrible. You know, that's one of their biggest problems. You listen to a clip of Tony Romo walk up to Goff after that game and comment on how impressed he was with his footwork. You know, so just a thought. The guy may be a little ahead of where other rookies would be, in you know, in that aspect of the game.
0: Right. Now let me ask you something, JT, off of what uh, Tate was saying Uh, we we heard what kind of numbers he's expecting from Goff. with that said, then what do you feel? Who do you feel is going to emerge as the top uh, or his favorite target or top receiver for the Rams? Who can you see being his top guy and what kind of numbers do you think we can expect from that top guy? uh, Since he's getting it from a first year quarterback.
1: It looks like Kenny Britt is spending a lot of time with him after practice. Before practice, uh, you know, there's going to get a familiarity there. you got a big receiver with big hands that likes to go up and get the ball at the high point. So I think you're looking at Kenny Britt being probably the guy with the most yardage, uh, probably the most yards per catch. I see Austin as an underneath guy and a rack guy. You know, I could definitely see 65 to 70 balls right under 1,000 yards, probably eight or nine touchdowns. That's a running team, you know.
0: Wide receiver three. Are of their top
3: guy? Yeah, I think so. Yeah,
0: I think so. Okay, you agree? And I don't
3: forget too with Todd with Todd Gurley there. Um, I think Todd Gurley's probably be a, be a good outlet guy for him too, um, catching the ball out of the backfield, not just running and and freeing up the running game for him, opening up passing game. But you'll probably see some a lot of dump off little screen passes to Todd Gurley as well.
0: All right. Well, folks, there's your coverage of hard knocks this week. And uh, next week, you'll be able to join in and see where JT says all this is going. And it sounds like a, a an interesting, interesting camp. It really does. And uh, we're going to go ahead. We're going to move on. I'm going to be talking about the Miami Dolphins camp. I just got done uh, visiting there. Great time over there. But first, I have to pay some bills.
2: Hi, folks. It's Barbara here for Deep Obsession Charters. Whether you live in the beautiful West Palm Beach area, or you're planning on visiting the Sunshine State and you love to dive, you have to contact South Florida's premier dive operators, Deep Obsession Dive Charters, out of the West Palm Beach area. They are a full-service dive operation. They've got everything from equipment sales and rentals, and they're also a PADI-certified dive center, and they offer certifications from beginning all the way to pro. Deep Obsession offers wreck dives, reef dives, night dives, and dives to the beautiful Blue Heron Bridge, which was voted one of the world's best macro dive sites. But their best adventure, I believe, is their baited shark dives. Here you will be educated on the importance of conservation of these beautiful endangered creatures while being up close and personal with them. It's truly an unforgettable experience, I tell you. For the best customer service in the industry, with fun and safety as a priority, you can book your next dive adventure at deepobsessioncharters.com, or you can call them at 561-707-2045. You can also find Deep Obsession Charters on Facebook and Twitter, or you can check out their videos on YouTube. Remember, for the best dive experience in South Florida, it's Deep Obsession Dive Charters. Dive, dive, dive.
0: Hi, I'm Jimmy Smith, the newest inductee of the Jaguars Pride, and you're listening to the Gridiron Guys. Yes, folks, that was Jimmy Smith and uh, Deep Obsession. Great, great people over there. If you want a fun dive uh, and an adventure, uh, give them a call. They treat you like family. Jimmy Smith was, uh, when I went to the Jacksonville Jaguars camp, was able to meet a bunch of the guys there. Great time. Great fan experience. Uh, they really do it well. And now, as I continue on, and this week here was Miami Dolphins, next week's Tampa Bay. One of the things, JT, that I came away with and Tate, as I was down in Miami, the first thing that hits me as is, is I'm get, walking up and getting ready to step on the field, they don't hand out – at Jacksonville, first of all, Jacksonville is really a little bit more fan-friendly. Let me go with the fan experience first uh, as far as the difference between the visits. Uh, Miami, they run their, their players out there with just numbers on them. So if you don't know the Miami team or you're a casual fan, you can get caught up in not knowing who you're watching. Now, fortunately, between Ryan and myself, uh, Ryan, a season ticket holder, and myself, who I was with, uh, we were able to, you know, know the players pretty damn well. But for the regular fans there, a bunch of people were asking us, who's so-and-so, who's so-and-so? And And we didn't have that in Jacksonville. As soon as you step foot uh, uh, onto the site, uh, onto the practice area, Every fan that walks into it is given a roster. On the front of the roster, it's listed in alphabetical order. And on the back of the roster, it's in numerical order so that you know exactly who you're watching and everything about them right in your hands. So that was the first uh, bit of difference. Uh, The staff and everything. You know, somewhat friendly, but really seemed more just being on a point of being polite and professional, not unfriendly, but just very professional, move along kind of thing. And whereas in Jacksonville, I ended up talking with at least a half a dozen security officers because they were just BSing with me and uh, a lot more friendlier to the fans in general, not just myself, uh, more interactive and uh, getting to know the fan and talking to the fan and actually filling them in, you know, having security fill you in on some of what you're seeing or what's going on was a nice little touch. So you didn't have that down in Miami. Now, from actually the team's perspective, though, and and watching the Miami Dolphins, and and JT as you know, I know you're a Miami Dolphins lover, so I really wanted to be able to pay attention to, you know, what was going on so that I could give – My not just the fans of the show, but my friend, an accurate Mm -hmm. assessment of what I saw. So, you know, folks, when I'm telling you what what I saw uh, from the Dolphins, I'm reporting to not just you, but my friend who loves the team, and I want to let him know what I saw. And I haven't had the opportunity yet to let him know. But the one of the best things um, I came away with is that, Great bunch of guys. Uh, I I was able to talk to some of them real quick. We have Lightning in the area. They cut uh, practice short. I was able actually to sit and talk with the running backs group more than anything. Uh, Ryan actually was talking with Arian Foster. I didn't get a chance simply because Arian Foster, I guess, is a diver, and he was setting up up a dive with Ryan. So I didn't get a chance to talk with him. But I got to talk with Jay Ajay. And Kenyon Drake, uh, Isaiah Pede, had, had a couple of less um, with Kenyon Drake, good guy, funny guy. And then the best of it all was I actually got to uh, talk extensively to uh, Will Aikens. Great guy. First of all, absolutely, yeah, he's. Great guy, funny guy. Hey, yeah, but he was talking about his progression as a football player. You know, he's in his third year. He started out. His exact words: "He's like, hey, listen, man, I, I'm just having a ball right now. because he, he, he's bigger from what he was last year, a lot bigger. Him and and um, and, and Jarvis Landry, both bigger, mm. both gained weight, both a, a little bit more stout. Okay." Uh, and uh, he was talking about how, you know, when he first came into the league, he was an undersized corner. And now here he is playing safety, the one in the box. He's like, and we right. tease him, you know, any more weight, you're going to be a linebacker. And he's like, I'm already <laughs> practically playing linebacker more times than that because they have me down in the box, you know? So, um, and what's going to happen is, is I spoke with him and we're going to talk over the weekend we're trying to uh, find out what his schedule is and work with ours and get him on the show. But you can expect to see Walt Aikens on the show sometime in the near future. And, uh, as all of you already know, if I, I'm not going to go ahead and say something that I can't deliver on that one. So you will be talking uh, to him shortly. Yes,
1: sir. You probably know this just from talking to him, but several accounts from players, uh, Dolphins players that I've heard really, uh, speak to his energy uh the energy he brings to the defense uh one of those spark plug guys that just seems to get everybody fired up and goes out there and handles business so you know i think every team needs a player like that and he's definitely one of them
0: oh yeah definitely he's uh he's an upbeat kind of guy in general just as a person to talk to and as the, he's interacting with the fans it's he's just a, a upbeat positive kind of guy to talk to And really he'll sit there and talk football with you. So that's what I really just, I look forward to having him on the show. Now, as far as watching the team though, uh, I came away with a couple of things that I, I really, I wanted to look at hard and in particular, you know, I have been one of the defenders of Ryan Tannehill and I'm not, I'm, not a dolphin's fan i 'm not going to portray myself as one. Yes, I go to a lot of dolphin events. My friend's a season ticket holder. It's a great connection. he's a great guy, and he hooks me up. i'm not going to lie about the situation I'm, I'm not a huge dolphin's fan. They do great, great. They're a Florida team. of course, i 'll root for them. But if not, you know, I have my giants. everybody knows this. But with that said i always i've been feeling that the average dolphin fan. And I ran into a couple people down there where I actually had to make the claim, and they started seeing things a little bit differently about him, is that he's not that bad. So I wanted to, okay, now I'm going to be on the field. I'm VIP. I am on the field. I am watching Ryan Tannehill in particular as a good portion of my practice time. And I'm going to tell you something, JT. When, they, when they're throwing their drills and everything and, and working on timing drills and everything else like that, absolutely fantastic. When that line gave him time in practice, I put the emphasis on when. Because mm-hmm. you're going to see where I'm going to go with that one soon. When the line gave him time, He was hitting beautiful passes. I saw only one poorly thrown ball on a deep corner route in the end zone. And it was just, he could have arced it a little bit more. He put it in flat. It got, it got just barely tipped. Okay. But he put it in there kind of flat, needed a little bit more of an arc. But other than that, he was dropping them in there. And so you know, uh, you know, because I'm big into what your backup quarterback looks like these days in this league. Um, Matt Moore. Dropping him in there beautifully. I mean, he's I was really surprised at that. He's been
1: with us a long time. He's been with Miami a
0: long time. Uh, and looks it you know and looks as comfortable as that too. Dependable guy. Now, as we go on, um the running backs You guys are set at running back. You got a great core of running backs. Great movers, great shakers, little power. Eight Foster looks nice. I'm going to tell you right now, Foster Foster looked every bit the beast you expect him. If that man could stay healthy, boy, you guys are – oh, my Lord.
1: You know he's playing with a chip. I mean, that guy's got to
0: be playing with a chip on his shoulder. And from what I've seen – when he was talking to Ryan, and I, I, I like I said, I was already busy talking to one of the guys, and I didn't want to be rude to blow somebody off to go over to, you know, <laughs> talk with Foster. Um, as much as I really wanted to go talk with Arian, uh, I have a feeling I'll have an opportunity in the future to be able to uh, speak with uh, Arian. So I wasn't really that worried about it. But that. he seemed, yeah, he really seemed like a great guy. So running back set. Now, Let's move over to the wide receivers and tight ends, okay? Tight ends look fantastic. Uh, Sims caught a neon, beautiful – oh, my Lord. He caught a beautiful – they worked a lot on deep uh, in-cut and then out-to-the-corner uh, routes, in-and-out routes, and doing that as they're in uh, about 30 yards out from the end zone. They did a lot of that from the 30s. Well, okay. it's something to think about as you're talking about those tight ends and what
1: the, how they're using them. Think of how Adam Gase used Julius Thomas a couple of years ago in Denver. Um, you know, that's the way he likes to, to use the tight end in his offense. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying these guys are Julius Thomas. I'm just saying you can look for them to be used in, in a very similar
0: fashion. I'm telling you, Sims looked fantastic. They, Like I said, Uh, On for several different quarter, you know, for a couple different quarterbacks, several different receivers and backs, tight ends. They did the mix of thirty yards in and out cuts to the corner of the end zone. Like I said, I know what I'm going to look for when the when Miami's lined up at the thirty of the opponent this year. I know exactly what play I'm going to look for because they ran this one a billion times to see who could do it and who who could do it well, all right? And I'm going to tell you, Sims was phenomenal on it. Landry was Landry on every damn play, okay? Uh, He is just, he is fun to watch. Devontae Parker, fantastic. I don't know if that kid just had a great practice or what. Oh, my Lord. But the one name that I'll tell you, JT, I kept hearing you in the background, and it made me sick all practice. I'm glad I
1: could be there with you.
0: Yeah. Who looked good? Who made some really circus-like catches? Carew. Oh, yeah. Carew. Now, so while everybody's looking fantastic, that is when Tannehill isn't running for his life because right. of the offensive right. line. Oh my lord! Oh my lord! And let me tell you something. Right now, right now, with the practice I saw, they still had Tunsil running with the twos. That's not That's going to happen. In the last couple days. Wow, well, uh, he, he was still running isn't with it? the twos when I was there.
1: Okay, were you there? Uh I read uh, read some interesting stuff from Armando Salguero saying that uh, he was working uh, Jordan Phillips, just absolutely working him. Um, you know he's been in several brush ups. Uh, Listen to some comments from Mario Williams and Dominic Canuse actually spoke, which is rare in itself. Um, you know to this kid's uh, tenacity and his ability. So I agree with. You. I just don't think he's going to stay on that
0: second team um no 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 and here here's what it is okay let me and let me first uh talk about that defensive line okay yeah i i let me tell you that is going to be ridiculous folks because you have mario williams lining up next to and sue (laughs) <laughs> then they've been putting Earl Mitchell in And you know um, DeAndre Coleman Jordan Phil. They kept rotating those guys in and out um, And then Cameron Wake But then They would mix it up You didn't know Who was going to line up where And let me tell you something That is one Mario Williams Took off his equipment, he took off his shoulder pads and he took off the, you know, the jersey and everything and he was mm-hmm. just down in a cut-off t-shirt and it looked like he still had his shoulder pads on.
2: It was oh, ridiculous.
0: He is, a, he is a mountain of a man. Now, let me tell you something. All of a sudden now he comes in, Tunsell comes in and they do a stunt and he's got Endomic and Sue and he stands Sue up like it was nothing. Then they didn't Ooh. stunt. Then they didn't stunt. And I'm pretty sure it was Earl Mitchell, who's a rather large man himself. Okay. Yes, he is. He came in. Oh my God, he's a mountain. He came in as. Okay, now Tunsil's dropping back into pass coverage. And he came in with a bull rush. And like a, like an uppercut shot to his chest, to Tunsil's chest, as he's taking full strides at him, and Tunsil stood the man up. I just was like, oh, that's it. That's it. I said, you guys are set. I can't wait to see that man a- in the starting line for you guys. He is Great. just, he's strong. Now, I don't know what they're working on and what his weaknesses are. I, I Again, I'm trying to take in so much of it, so I'm watching little bits here and there. But the parts I saw are tonsil. wow, wow, he is strong. Really good, good pickup there. No, like I said, the only bugaboo I saw about your whole team, okay, is your offensive line. I think once you guys get your offensive line set, you've got a dangerous, dangerous team. you got to get one more. You gotta get your offensive line set and still gotta work on that one corner. We'll see who's gonna win that battle over there. But well um, and let's
1: let's be honest, we got that we got that one corner today as uh second round pick Baby and Howard was taken off of the pup list and uh inserted into practice and I know they've said they're very high on him, so maybe he'll be the answer. Uh
0: they are extremely high on him and they are expecting him to eventually uh, take over. That was one of the things that Ryan was talking about and filling me in on as well. Uh, and uh, He'll be joining us soon in, in, in a couple of shows. He's got a couple of things to talk about. He's got a couple of things Dolphins to talk about, and he's also got a couple of things Sharks to talk about with us. So That'll be a great time as always. Folks, I've got to go ahead. We're going to get Tate back in here in a little bit. When we come back from break, we've got to go ahead and pay some bills. Hi, folks. Fantasy Jester here to talk about BreadFromYourBed.com, and I am with Ethan, the son of the owner, Joey from From BreadFromYourBed.com. Say hello, Ethan. Hello. And how old are you? Four. Okay, Ethan, thanks. Uh, We'll get back to you in one minute. And here's a little bit about BreadFromYourBed.com. They're both a business services website and a personal finance blog. They discuss ways for people to make extra money from home, and they offer a wide variety of services for your businesses. If you need more traffic for your website, if you need social media management or marketing, if you need a website built, or if you just want to make some extra money online, these are the guys to do it. They have worked and provided results for clients ranging from small to big, and will show you some of those results, including the statistics and the numbers. I highly encourage you to check them out if you're looking for help for your business to grow or you're looking to learn how to make some extra money from home. Ethan, where should people go if they're looking for a website?
2: Bedfromthebed.com
0: And where should people go if they're looking for social media management?
2: Bedfromthebed.com
0: And where should people go if they're looking to make some extra money? Bedfromthebed.com And where should people go to get help starting a business? Bedfromyourbed.com. All right. And if uh, they want to work from home, where should people go?
2: Um, Bedfromyourbed.com.
0: All right, Ethan. One more time, let me ask you. If they want to spend more time with their kids, where should parents go? Um, Bedfromyourbed.com. That's right, folks. Bedfromyourbed.com. There you go folks, Bread right from your bed well, You can go on right now, click on it And there's a little spot there It takes you five minutes, you can go ahead, sign up And $20, can't beat that Folks, we're brought to you by FantasyJusticeSports.com Your kingdom for everything fantasy sports And more Don't forget to listen to the Fantasy Justice show This Saturday Baseball fans out there If you're a baseball fan, Jim Rosenhaus will be joining us on a pre-recorded interview. Absolutely fantastic interview. We've got a great show planned for you this Saturday, 8 p.m. Don't forget to tune in. I'm going to be bringing in JT, and I'm going to be bringing in Tate again. And we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit about the wide receivers for this coming fantasy football season. Tate, we're going to go ahead and start with wide receivers in a standard redraft league first off who's your who's your first wide receiver off the board
3: i think the consensus number one pick in any any redraft league is going to be antonio brown um guy's just an absolute beast at wide receiver there and you look at the numbers he put up last year and that was missing ben roethlisberger for a few games as well so if he's got a healthy roethlisberger there antonio brown is just unstoppable he's he's the consensus number one, no doubt about it.
0: Now, are you saying uh, consensus number one wide receiver? Are you going to also take him uh, first overall? You've got the first pick in the redraft league. Are you going to go with Antonio Brown?
3: Um, I I know a lot of leagues nowadays, a lot of people are going wide receivers over running backs, the, the traditional running back first type of thing. And I think if your standard redraft league, I think wide—I rec- do think wide receivers should be a little higher than running backs nowadays. There's so many teams that are going with the uh, multiple running back situation in the backfield there, whereas wide receivers, there's always been multiple wide receivers on a team, and the the league has gone more to a passing game than a running game nowadays. But uh, I do think if Antonio Brown is available, I. I don't see any problem with taking him number one.
0: would you take him number one overall?
3: I probably would in all honesty if if in a redraft league, if I had the first pick, I probably would go ahead and take Antonio Brown with the first pick.
0: Who's your sleeper this year
3: um, not not so much a sleeper. But uh, Keenan Allen for San Diego, a lot of people know of him, and he had a big year last year before he got hurt, but I think he's because the numbers aren't looking equal with some of the other guys that played the whole year. Some people are overlooking him a little bit. Otherwise, I like a couple of these uh, rookie guys that are coming out here. I know you've heard me mention his name the last couple of weeks in Laquan Treadwell in uh, Minnesota, mm-hmm. um, him being on the other side of uh, Stefan Diggs, who had a big year last year. Bridgewater those guys up there in Minnesota really trying to prove it. First year in a new stadium. I like Laqu- LaQuan Treadwell a lot. Not not a first round pick, obviously, but as a sleeper pick, deeper deeper in a redraft league, you know, taking a shot with somebody like him, I think is a big big thing. Stephon Diggs too for that matter. Both of those guys up there in Minnesota. All
0: right. Now, real quick before I ask JT the same. Um you mentioned Stefan Diggs and you mentioned, mentioned Treadwell. What rounds uh, would you target them in if they're still on the board at four? Are you taking them? Um,
3: I think that's probably slightly high high for what I would I would probably target because I think the strategy I I would try to go with is I try and take a couple of wide receivers in the first couple of rounds. And then you get in the round three and four, you take a running back and a quarterback. And so probably looking with those guys, and especially if you're considering them a sleeper pick, I'm thinking more around the 7-8 seven, eight, seven, eight round range before you're considering guys like that.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. But you think that they're going to, you, you can grab them that way, but you think that they're going to put up maybe uh, third, fourth round kind of numbers?
3: I do. I think they're gonna they're going to uh, play up above what the potential what their potential draft spots are going to be. Their average draft position will be. I think they'll play higher than that.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. All righty. All righty. J T. Now uh, you heard what Tate had to say. He's taking mm-hmm. Antonio Brown. He's taking Antonio Brown first overall if he has the opportunity. Okay. You share that sentiment. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, oh, yeah, and I mean, the thing to throw in that mix is 32nd ranked strength of schedule going into this season as well, uh, going off of last year's numbers, so you're looking at a guy that's got a smooth sailing there, so yeah, you can't argue with Antonio Brown.
0: And now, where are you going with your sleeper?
1: Well, I actually, as much as I like Antonio Brown, the guy I think you need to watch this year, and I knew this thing would, kind of thing would put me over the falls, but... Odell Beckham going into that magical third season for a wide receiver. And this will be the first year he's played, cross your fingers, that he will have an actual quality set of wide receivers opposite him to draw some coverage. Uh, I think he's grown up a little bit. And I'm going to say now that Beckham outscores Antonio Brown this season uh, in fantasy. Go ahead and pick yourself up off the floor.
0: Um, Yeah, I'm trying to recover, honestly.
1: Beckham's going to have a huge year. He, he scares the hell out of me this year. So the, the, the sleeper that I'd like to point out, uh, opportunity because of his talent, but now an injury as well, is Cincinnati rookie wide receiver Tyler Boyd, 6'2", right around 200 pounds. Uh, you're talking about a guy that has unbelievable ball skills already as a rookie. And now Brandon LaFell is having surgery yet again. Uh and word right here in Columbus being not too far up the road is Boyd was beating him for that position opposite of AJ Green anyway, which pretty much now sews it up. So you're looking at a guy that's gonna have single coverage, uh, with a team that likes to throw the ball down the field.
0: Nice. Nice and uh I think uh for, for my pick, I'm gonna say yeah, I would go with Antonio Brown. Would I take him first overall uh you know my everybody knows my theory on this. If Gronk is on the board when you draft, you take Gronk first and then anybody else. I'll be able to go ahead, grab Gronk, and then come back in the second round and still be able to grab an Odell Beckham or or a. Uh, I'll even be able to probably still get Hopkins at that point possibly. So you know, um, that's that's my thing. If Gronk's there, take him. If he's not. Then you move on, but uh, my 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 guy, my my surprise pick, my sleeper pick this year is a a rookie second year player, <laughs> Kevin White. Nice. This is a former first round pick guy I missed last year. Going to be on a team that's going to need to throw the ball often. He's got somebody willing to throw the ball often, and Jay Cutler. Whether you like Jay Cutler or not, or think he's a good quarterback or not, okay, he's still going to need to find his receivers often because they will not be. They're going to be in some tough games this year, my opinion at least. All Sean Jeffrey uh, shows that he can not make a full season yet which is going to make for a great day for Kevin White. I think he is the sleeper pick of sleeper picks out there in my book. Uh, And and that's just, that's where I'm going with it. As as we go ahead and we move along and we start talking about tonight's game and the Chicago Bears and New England, JT, I'm going to let you go first for your coverage tonight, what do you have? What should people be looking towards?
1: Uh, Well, according to Bill Belichick, Tom Brady will be playing tonight, something I just don't understand. I would want Jimmy Garoppolo to get absolutely as many reps as he possibly could uh, going into the regular season opener. So it's going to be interesting to see what Brady has to do tonight. Uh, Also, supposedly there will be some news tonight on whether Deion Lewis the surprise running back that had such a great start before injury last year for New England, Uh, you know, what's his health look like? Where's he at? Because after him on that depth chart, you're looking at James White, James Devlin, Tyler Gaffney, and Joey Ayasofa. You know, not exactly household names. So, yeah, those are are two of the things that I'm going to be curious to see tonight.
0: The uh, the decision on Garoppolo – Is extremely interesting because how much practice does Tom Brady really need in the offense? That he can't, you know, put him out there with the twos for all you care, except, you know, maybe you don't want him out there with the number two line. But maybe, just maybe, it's not about what they want to do for Brady, but what they want to do for Garoppolo. Maybe they're trying to make sure that there isn't a lot of tape on him for the start of the season. After all there's four games. Let's not get a lot of tape out there on them so that nobody can pick up what maybe they already see a flaw in him and they don't want it exposed during the preseason. Uh, that would be a, a an explanation as to why you wouldn't have a guy that's gonna start your first four games. Why isn't he out there with the ones? That that doesn't make sense. So uh I have I have no clue. I that's that's the way I would look at it. But Tate, what do you uh, you've got you've got Chicago? What do what do we uh, need to look for, and what are we going to see from Chicago tonight?
3: Well, after their uh, butt whipping last week, losing twenty two to nothing, I think the first thing you want to see is that they can actually score. Um, that's going to be the first thing on offense, defense, a kick, anything. Just the fact that, are they able to score? Um, the other couple of main main things you mentioned, Kevin White as a sleeper. Um, I want to see him step it up a little bit and actually get make some catches in the uh, preseason to show that he can stay healthy after last year um, and Alshon Jeffrey staying healthy. Uh, the other, One last thing on them is I want to see Jeremy Lankford and whether he's going to be able to carry the load now that he, he's not splitting time with Matt Forte. I see that Jeremy Lankford is going to be able to actually carry the load there in uh, Chicago at the running game. And uh, the offensive line, not letting Jay Cutler spend most of the game on his back.
0: And let me ask you about that. You mentioned about uh, Langford filling in now with Forte gone over to the uh, New York Jets. What is your opinion on Langford? Do you think he fills in for Forte? Do you think they fall off a little bit? you think he's got the skills to do better maybe? What What is your opinion on him?
3: I do like Langford. I think he's a good good, solid running back there. I just don't know if he's gonna be the same as Matt Forte and if he's gonna be able to carry that full workload yet. Um I I wanna be able to see a little more from him in order to uh prove that, so to speak, with Matt Forte gone. You know, he's he's gonna to have to step it up. We're gonna see him during the regular season and whatnot. But then it's a it's just like with uh if Cutler can stay off his back, is is he gonna be able to run through that offensive line, are they gonna make the holes for them, and be able to uh, get the carries, make get the yardage through those lines, through the holes. Interesting.
0: You know, and it's an interesting question mark there over in uh, Chicago, what's going to happen. But, JT, back over to New England for a second, one of the question marks has to be running back. Oh, I absolutely. Mean,
1: I mean, LeGarrette you... is hip.
0: Know. Yep. No. Who
1: are you Deion looking Lewis. at?
0: Who are you looking at if like, you you looking at that team? Like who Deion would you Lewis. look at? Yeah?
1: I like Dion Lewis. You look, the guy's got, I mean, take him back to his days at Pittsburgh uh, in college. The guy is a phenomenal talent, just can't stay healthy no matter what stop he's been at. He's not been able to be healthy, but let's be realistic. New England hasn't had a bell cow running back probably since Corey Dillon if we want to be real about it. And Tom Brady really doesn't need one. He needs a group of quick, athletic, Kevin Falk type of running backs that come out of the backfield, catch the ball, uh, screens. Their screen is an extension of their running game. They throw the screen past these as their running game. So Correct. I don't really think New England needs. And honestly, you can have a guy, for example, like Bolden. Brandon Bolden go out and put up 120 yards one week, and next week he doesn't get a carry. Uh, I avoid run, New England running backs in fantasy at all costs.
0: You heard what um, you heard what Tate had to say about Langford. How do you feel about him? Good replacement, better replacement. To, is he better than Forte? The same as Forte? Less than Forte? What What are you looking at from him?
1: I see Matt Forte two I see a guy last year that caught a lot of balls and runs the ball well. He runs between the tackles well. He runs off tackle very well. He picks up the blitz which I've said before will keep him on the field in all situations. Uh, And, again, he's an accomplished receiver, uh, fantastic runner, Michigan State, and I think he's every bit what Forte was and could be more.
0: Okay, real quick, minute and a half, fact or fantasy? Garoppolo goes three and one as a Patriot quarterback. JT.
3: Fantasy. Tate. Fantasy, I think two and two.
0: Hmm, two and two. JT, what are you thinking? Ten, two and two. Well. Factor fantasy, Langford runs for 1,000 yards this year. Jake Tate.
3: I think that's going to be fantasy. I just, I think he there's going to be other guys that will get the ball and the line not going to be able to open the holes for him. JT. Uh, he'll
1: follow Pro Bowl guard Kevin Long's thousand-yard season. That's that.
0: Thousand yards, touchdowns. How many oh, touchdowns, real quick? Ten. Tate.
3: I agree, ten.
0: Sounds about right. Yeah, I'm taking I'm taking Langford if he stays healthy for for just under 1100, and I would go combined. Uh, 12, I'd say 8 rushing four catching. Folks, that's it. That's the good line, guys. We got 10 seconds. I'm a see jester. <laughs> we run out of time. We did the best we could. See you next week. We all love you. Jester out.